Hey there, we're back talking to AgroLiquid about some labs that are going to be done on Miles Farms in McGee, Arkansas. If you've been keeping up, we've got cool labs going on. Chad Henderson in Alabama is going to be doing one. We've got them over at Kelly's in Iowa, and we got them in Kevin Matthews, part of North Carolina. Well, now we're talking to Molly Alexander. She's the regional agronomist for AgroLiquid. She is in uh, covers the Southeast. So I met her down in McGee, Arkansas last year, and it was actually to cover some stuff about cotton, which I know nothing about, as she will very clearly tell you and me. Also, Molly um, knows a lot about rice. Also, she knows a lot about everything, and she's going to tell us what's going on. These labs that they're doing, by the way, dear listener and viewer, are so cool to me because we're not talking about an acre you know you go to these field days where they like plant four rows of corn 100 yards and then like bush hog off the bad parts of it and tell you how amazing it is we're talking about big large-scale stuff so it's a real trial where you get real uh information that you can use to make more money on your farming operation the cool thing here it's rice and cotton so molly what are we doing at miles farms this year rice and cotton row rice to be specific yes so Definitely want to uh, make sure everybody knows that's row rice because it's not a very widely adapted practice yet. It's coming, but it's not. So Okay, well, by the way, to the person that's like from Iowa, row rice, you know, beans and rice, what, what the hell are we talking about here? What's that even mean? So where the majority of the time you will sow rice into a big, what you would call like a paddy field, and then you would flood it where the entire field is underwater. This one is actually um, planted almost like your regular row crop fields where you bed them up and then you plant it down the middles and then it's flooded down the middles versus the entire field in what typically is known as a rice paddy. And this is done to help as far as input costs and labor intensive and um, you still have your weed management like what you get with flood rice, but you don't have all the headache of having to maintain the levees and constantly flood. You can turn the polypipe on water it as you need to, come back, cut it off. So same concept, just pretty much different as far as we're planting it on raised beds versus in a patty. All right. So the experiment here, Matt Miles, isn't in the method of planting necessarily. It's that, I mean, obviously AgroLiquid's not a planter company. They're a fertility company. You're going to, you're going to put in uh, their product for fertility, but is it also to see if it works in different degrees based on how you plant it, because you don't normally do row rice. Is that what I'm gathering? Well, we do do row, row rice at certain times. You know, we've got we've got a, a block of ground. It's a mile by two miles. It's what we call zero grade rice. There's three ways to grow rice. There's zero grade where when, when Molly's talking about a patty, it'll be an 80 acre block. And there's it's it's like a tabletop. And then there's your convent, your regular rice that we started growing back when I was a kid where you have contoured levees based on your elevation. So, you know, when you see rice being grown or pictures of rice being grown, you see these, I guess you as a Midwesterner would call it like a little mound or a little uh, hill, you know, all through the field. And they're all, sometimes they're, they're crooked, sometimes they're straight, depending on the elevation. The new way of growing this, which and Molly hit, hit it on the head, is, is we finally decided as a, as a group of rice producers you know, as because we're furrow irrigated. So most of the rice is grown in the area where it's furrow irrigation. Now you go to California, there's some outliers where, you know, rice is grown that's, that's not furrow or not in the same practices with our corn and beans. So we've took the rice and put it in a in the same environment as a corn and bean on the raised bed. Mm -hmm. And what that does is all those mounds you see in a contoured rice field, 
it takes a lot of work to get those up, a lot of work to get those down, and almost sometimes will damage your land because you're pulling these big, huge hills, taking them back down. So you have to rotate it, you know, to keep that from being being a problem. So uh, this is given the fallacy is that rice has to be grown in water. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watch a movie about a war movie or something, and they're in some of these countries and it's all flooded. You, you know what? You taught me this just one year ago. You taught me that. I thought rice had to be in a flooded area. And you told me, no, Damien, that's before we had good herbicide. That was just for weed prevention. And we can. Yes, it's a common misconception. <laughs> it's, it's for it's it's totally for weed, weed control. We figured out on the row rice that we can do this by just keeping the soil wet. The thing about a pre-merged herbicide on grass, you never need to let that ground crack or check what we call check. Because once it breaks the seal, then the weeds can come out through those cracks. So as long as we keep that ground moist, you know, sealed over, it don't have to have a flood of water. Actually, too deep of a flood on on rice will will actually decrease your yield rather than increase it. So that's kind of a missed fallacy. But that's what we're doing there is growing it more as a corn and bean type in a corn and bean type situation. Okay, so Melly, this is an issue then, um, you're changing the planting type and the the method and the flooding and all that because, and we just heard about the three types of planting. Does it change the fertility? Rice plant's still a rice plant. It's kind of like wheat. It's a grass, right? It needs nitrogen. Does it matter what fertility you put to it based on the planting style? Not necessarily. Um, in the past, it's always been done kind of a really big shot up front and then come back later and maybe dress it a little bit towards the mid season. But with being able to put it on rows, there's different, you have a little bit different timings that you can come in now, but I will tell you the thing that they touched on is herbicide. So if we're going to put a lot of herbicide on rice, that's prime opportunity to get a fertility package married in with that herbicide blend. So we may be able to, uh, now in the future with row rice and everything, we have more application opportunities because we'll blend with those herbicide tanks where before it was one big shot up front, mm-hmm. couple herbicide passes, maybe one mid season. And it just wasn't really a common practice to try to feed stuff into those herbicide tanks. So I think that was missed. And that was something that we put into this lab uh, to try to see if we could get a benefit out of it. So when you go through here, Matt and Lane, whichever one of you wants to take this, now what you're telling me is you're going to use a nitrogen product from AgroLiquid, and it's called Enhance, and you're going to use it multiple times through the season. You're going to use it how? At time of planting, you're going to use it when you go and spray for weeds, but you told me if the weed, if the ground is moist enough, you're not using that much herbicide. So are you going to make a pass where it's just to spoon feed fertilizer? Kind of tell me what you're thinking you're going to do. Well, the, the row rice gives you an opportunity to run sprayers and not always run an airplane because you can't run a sprayer. If you hit a, if you hit a rice levy at 10 miles an hour with a sprayer, not only would you be through the front windshield, but the, the sprayer might be on top of you. So the row rice gives us an opportunity, as Molly said, to spoon, spoon feed. Uh, also with that furrow irrigation, you know, you're, you asked the question about anything different on fertility. The only thing we've seen is on that furrow irrigation at the top of the field where, where you're doing having some leaching effects that you know you have to add a pinch bit more nitrogen at that point. But I think what we're doing in this trial is looking at micronutrients. And that's something mm-hmm. that's maybe been overlooked. Uh, you know, rice gets nitrogen. Uh, sometimes it gets a little sulfur for a sulfur for sure gets phosphorus. But some of the other things, the key things that we use 
to make a higher yield rice is, is forgotten or don't have the ability to put it out. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, we're thinking that, you know, if we're pushing these other plants, corn, soybeans, cotton, uh, even wheat now with these micro packs, micronutrient, you know, availability, and we're seeing some pretty good results out of those <clears throat> rice is a grass crop, just like corn, you know, so, so theoretically it should respond the same way. Correct. Lane, you got numbers. Do you have any numbers on rice? What do we, what, what do we, what do we, what are we doing on normal rice acres and what would be a goal for this year? Like, what would you think if this lab is a success, what's it going to take for it to look like success money and uh, yield wise? So as far as money, I mean, I don't, I don't have the the numbers on, on money. Uh, but I mean, we're normally, I mean, I would say 180 to 200 bushel. That's kind of our, not just us, just just the kind of grower standard around here on you know our producing rice acres. Those are uh, bushels. Bushels, correct. Uh, remember, remember, hey, hey, the, the, I see rice when I go to the sushi bar. So anyway, you're gonna have to explain this to me. So 180 bushel, 180 bushel rice, huh? They 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 sell them by hundred weights. We okay. go. Rice, it's all crazy. Yeah, rice is such a unique and a weird crop. I mean, if you go to South Louisiana, it's measured in barrels. Yeah, <laughs> and we measured in bushels. Some people measured in hundred weight. So it's a very unique, uh, specialized crop. So it's going to be 180 bushel is is run is is what you normally do in McGee, Arkansas. And then if if Molly dials it in right, what's it going to be success, Molly and Lane? What's going to be is is 220 is is 220. I mean, I'm just thinking here. What's a what's a success? What are you going to say, man? This was great. I mean, Molly told told us the other day that she was going to try to get us some. Yeah, she did guarantee three hundred bushel. Is that why you started talking, Molly? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, okay. A normal let me, let me... rice crop, one hundred and eighty bushel. You know, that's going to be the low end of where we think we should be. One sixty is the county average uh, for the three surrounding counties around here. We have been we've we've made we've made two thirty two forty, and we're talking about dry. So we've made 230, 240 in isolated cases. By the way, the person listening, you mean dry, you mean converted to dry, dry 15% bushel, 13% dry land, because again, it's always flooded. Mm -hmm. yeah, because we'll cut that rice somewhere around 16 to 20%. So we can brag all day long about our yields, but when, when, by the time you get to shrinkage, you got to look at dry bushels, what you take to the bank. So, you know, the low side 180, We've made some 230 isolated spots, maybe even a little better than that. If we can range in that 200 bushel, we feel like we've done a really good job. So if, if AgriLiquids and Molly can get us, you know, anything above that, depending on the cost, you know, we haven't went through the cost, but as our cotton lab was last year, you know, it definitely ROI'd after you pay for the product. So uh, that's kind of where we're looking at, Damien. If, if, you know, if, the 300 bushel thing's a joke, but I, you know, whatever, whatever she can give us, that's what we're going to try to get. Well, right. the 300 bushel is a joke, but 200 to 205 certainly sounds like it's not. So in, in these labs, the one thing that we want to stress is we are not trying to cater to the high yield, um, high yield producers and everything. So we're designing these labs that will track across the board, whether you farm a hundred acres or you farm a hundred thousand. So our goal is to find that key piece, that will give you an ROI. Now it may not necessarily return the big bushel number that you want, but as long as it gives you a good ROI, 
and it's good for the crop itself and good for your farm and gets you kind of that place that you would like to be as an individual farmer, that's our goal. So we're not trying to cater and do this big, um, crazy trial. We're going one piece at a time. So this tracks across farmers as a whole. We're not catering to anyone. So I really want to push that sometimes bushels don't correlate to ROI. So micronutrients are a very overlooked piece of a fertility program and they're usually not very expensive but if you can put these things right where they need to be at key timing and growth stages in that crop you'd be you'd be surprised what you can see so i just wanted to put that out there bushels are a wonderful thing to get whether it's corn soybeans whatever cotton you know we're going for pounds but we need to look at it on paper as well as an ROI and what input is going to be best for you and your farm. So, okay, so with that in mind, with that in mind, mm -hmm. and I don't even know what's a bushel of rice worth. I don't know, but do you believe that, I mean, are you, are we adding on cost, uh, Molly, like if they get three more bushels than average, does it cover the cost? I mean, for, is that what we're shooting for? Like three or four more bushels of, of gain on yield will cover this new, for yeah, so, you're pushing so most of the time it's three to five bushels to answer your question it, it'd roughly be about three to five bushels but the other thing that i want to stress is there's like the packages that we're trialing in maxfield so they are uh like micro 500 it has five different micronutrients in it fertilizer also has an mpk married with some micronutrients so if you look at it as a um a mix of micros instead of singular micro applications, that'll help you out a lot on ROI as well. So if you go out and just strictly try to put one shot of zinc, one shot of manganese, one shot of boron, and you try to apply it like that, the numbers get out of hand. So if you can really focus in and find a custom micro blend for you that will go in with any of your practices like herbicide and go that way across the field, you can really dial in your ROI on that as well. All right. Speaking of ROI, Lane, you're the numbers guy. When we come back and revisit this, uh, first off, I'm, and I'm such a Northerner or a Midwesterner, because I, and as Molly will tell me, remind me, I'm a Midwesterner. What is the, when do we even harvest, when are we harvesting this rice? When? Yes. Probably sometime in September. Okay. When we get this harvested, I want you to bring me the data and I want to revisit this because I want to find out what we learned, what we what we discovered. But really, it's, it sounds like we're just talking about a new fertility program to grab more yield. That's really what we're talking about in a new way of uh, method of planting. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. We're, so we're really testing for method of planting, spoon feeding fertility, and the goal is yield, right? Well, yeah, the method of planting is something that's just kind of an added bonus when we start talking about this agri-liquid trial. So these, these micronutrient packs and the things that agri-liquids want to do is, is going to be beneficial no matter what environment rice you have. And, and that's one thing I want to mention in what Molly said when we were talking about this last year. You know, I 100% I, I agree with, with the, the direction they're going here. Even when we're doing our high-yield soybeans, if we can't make it ROI, I don't even try it. Mm -hmm. Because something I can improve the soybeans on and make money or at least break even, you know, we'll do that. But that that's one thing I like about their program. This is going to be for a farmer that, that, you know, there's, there's guys out there making 160 bushel rice, mm -hmm. maybe making more net money than we are at 200. Yeah. And that's, you got to run the numbers and figure out where it is. And that's one thing I like about their program in the, in the rice lab and the cotton lab too. Well, you told me there's another benefit that uh, this method of planning 
you have more ground application opportunity, which means less airplanes, which probably pencils out making you more money and than having to get on the schedule for uh, an aerial application. All right, we're going to revisit this in September and check on what the rice uh, what the rice lab at Miles Farms looks like. I'm excited about it. I learn more about rice every time I talk to these guys than I ever thought I could possibly learn. My name's Damian Mason. Stay tuned for the agri-liquid labs we're doing at McGee, Arkansas with the Miles Brothers. That's Lane and Matt. They're not actually brothers. It's father and son, but I like to call them the Miles Brothers. And her name's Molly Alexander. She's a wealth of knowledge, and she's the regional Southeast agronomist for agri-liquid. Until next time, it's Extreme Ag. <laughs>